Hi, you're listening to Cross Cultures Podcast. A podcast telling stories from our 17 partner countries across the world. Stories that are told by colleagues and volunteers about their backgrounds, dreams and experiences with being part of Cross Cultures Unique Network. Can you then tell me a little bit, now you have been working here a year. We should have organized four football schools for 800 kids in Juba. Uh, would you tell me a little bit about what is a football school in Juba now, today? Uh, what I would say is uh, the football schools keep growing every day and then. Uh, we started with a relatively smaller number. Because that time, most some of, some of the parents were a little bit hesitant to release their children to go and play, looking at how who will take care of these children wi- while they're in the pitch, or what happens to their child when the child gets injured. So as we started in May this year, with over let me say 200 children, uh, the few who came were those they consider the stubborn ones from home. And then also those who really pushed, who pushed with the help of their coaches. But now, as it kept going on, the parents started realizing and appreciating the 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 game, and seeing these children playing, going back in good good health. They also started releasing the the other children to come and join. So this, uh, let me say, in July, August, there we organized that two festivals, uh, one in one for Juba and Kator Zone, and then the other one for Munuki and Gudele Zones. And we registered over 3,500 children. That was something we didn't expect, because we really expected a little, uh, a very small number of children. But it, it, it became, it came, let me say, two times what we expected. So not living on that. And then recently, we also organized a this current uh, yesterday's festival, where we had a lot of turn up for the children. And if, in fact, it was because we limited the leaders and the coaches to bring a specific number of children. Otherwise, there are more children who wanted to come. But given the fact that we told them to bring only 500 per zone, they were limited. But even other, uh, the coach of Gudele told me they had to leave some children at the bus station because they could not bring them, they had already gotten the number they wanted, the 500. So they had to send them back home. Yeah, we were about 1,200 yesterday just to make. Yes. Yeah. But what is, uh, you have divided Juba into four zones, is yes. that correct? Yes. How do they work with the football schools? Uh, each zo- within each zone, there's also sub-zones. Because uh, within the zone, let me say, let's look at uh, Gudele zone. Gudele is a big area, and we have Gudele 1, Gudele 2. So these children can't commute every Saturday to come to the same playground. So what they do is that the coaches within those communities organize these football schools where they stay, around their homes. So these children who live around there all come and play within that playground. So what we do is uh, at the end of every month, that's when all those small 
units within that zone come together into one of the big playgrounds and they play all together jointly, which is one thing a month. Yeah. So what you do is in, in Juba you have football every Saturday for yeah. the kids? Yes. And you have up to 4,000 kids every Saturday, is that correct? Yes, but in different areas. In different areas, yes. in, in the four zones yes. and in all the sub-zones yes. that, that they are playing. Yes. Uh, did they play football before? Some of them have, but few. Yeah. But the largest number, of, of course, most of them are small kids, still six to 12 years. Yeah. These are still kids who are still growing up. So yeah. what they play maybe is these small, small games at home. Yeah. But we, when we started here in, in South Sudan, we made a little baseline uh, evaluation. And we asked you and we asked Victor, uh, how many kids are registered players and play football in a ordinary football club in in the capital of Juba where you are living more than one and a half million people and in Torit and uh, the numbers here were in total children under 17 years old were in total 1500 and you alone have today plus 4000 close to 5000 every weekend there. Mm. Uh, do you know about other pro social sport programs in South Sudan or in Juba? Uh, in Juba, I think, apart from football, there is basketball and volleyball yeah. going on. And then somehow, maybe after two to three months, there are these marathons organized by these other international agencies. Yeah. And also yeah, athletics, yes. Yeah. But uh, football is the most played game in the, yeah. in the city. Yeah. yeah. And Mark, wh what about Torit? Uh, how, are how are you organized in Torit? <coughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, my colleague Victoria has actually said it more about uh, Juba, which is uh, more or less the same, uh, but uh, based on the numbers. You know, uh, Juba is a city, which I think every, every ethnic uh, tribe is actually here. It also may be applied to Torit, well, of course, I did not tell you one more thing. Yeah, actually, most of the war began in Torit in 1955, uh, where most of the origin of war started from there. So uh, you realize, you know, uh, it was not easy to bring some of the activities to such a state uh, outside uh, the city. Uh, when it comes to uh, open fun uh, football schools, during uh, my assessment, uh, indeed, uh, it tells like uh, about uh, forty percent of children uh, registered in uh, local clubs within Torrid Local Football Association. Uh, but uh, when it comes to uh, sport activities generally in Torrid, we have uh, athletes, uh, we have football, and then we have uh, volleyball. Uh, the initial coming of uh, CCPA to Torrid actually managed to uh, encourage children uh, to involve in football. Uh, we have about four zones. The same applies to Juba. And it has you know, a sub-zone, as uh, my colleagues Victoria said before. Uh, within uh, the zones, based on the balls we distributed, there were about 400 balls. Each uh, zone has 100. And then uh, the coaches are also allocated according to the zones. 
And then uh, we have the supervisors who are the leaders. Uh, the leaders are about eight. Two leaders are to uh, monitor each every zone. And then uh, the two coordinators, that is I and my colleague Martin, uh, patrol every uh, every zones. And then in the, in the that zones, eh, uh, you realize that it is not easy for one zone to bring all the children in one place. Uh, one thing I need to tell, that's why it's one of our challenge. Uh, Torit actually has no more fields like Juba. Uh, our fields within the communities were located by the big men within the poly, po political post holders, you know, uh, building within the open spaces which are allocated to the use within the communities. So what we are using now, we are using where uh, somebody home which has not been allocated to the person, children's last, and then they use the same children that we are engaging in are the one who slash and they now practice in there. Coaches help them to ensure that it is well clean. Uh, a tree which is there, coaches are the one who duck, and things actually manage to go on well. So what they do is to have, uh, within the 100 balls, they allocate within those small, small fields where these children are. And then every Saturday, they come to a school which has uh, a ground, and then they come and do their exercise there as a small festival every Saturday. So within a week, they allocate Monday, depends on the zone's days of training. They allocate Monday, Wednesday, Saturday. So meaning you play in your small field for Monday and Wednesday. Saturday, they go to a school. The same also applies to the rest. So we are mostly using the schools which has fields to train these children. So initially, during the training of the coaches uh, seminar, and we conducted in your absence. Our colleagues went from Juba, and it was really interesting to ensure that we can do things in absence of you. Our colleagues supported us. The training was done very well. It was even the last day that those of Barakat, Victoria, and the rest of the colleagues came in when they saw the festival. Actually, the training ended with the festival, which more than even the 200 children we expect to come for the festival were beyond the number. That is one. When we went to, uh, we wanted to conduct more, we realized the challenge is refreshment to the children, whereby we engage with the barricade to ensure we want a refreshment so that we continue more festivals. We conducted a festival in uh, September, uh, which coincided with the consolidation meeting of NERAS, where a lot of delegates from uh, HEX, that is Netherlands or Holland, people came uh, during their initial kind of, uh, uh, you know, closing of the project uh, with a good coordinator of NERA, that is uh, uh, Andrews, mobilized everything. We brought children more than 600. Even the uniform which were sent from here were not able actually to be enough. People were, it is not easy to manage children. So we conducted the thing. A lot of delegates, you saw the pictures. People are very appreciating. They saw even the minister from Capueta said, how did, you, how did you get this project? Could you be able to extend the project to, uh, to, to Capueta? I'm going to tell the minister of a sport in Capueta that this thing, we need it in Capueta, either we, you like it or not. So I'm encouraging you as the director to ensure that this CCPA, Open Fund Football, 
is working in South Sudan. And it has changed the life of children in South Sudan here. Yeah. And when we speak about Tori, Mark, uh, you have had the benefit to be close to, Ch- to Niras. Yes. And Niras also have a lot of water programs. Uh, yes. Wash, could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, once more. We we engage 60 participants in WASH program uh, training. And, wa- and WASH, you, you better say, what is that? Water, sanitation, and hygiene management. That is all about WASH. WASH is where it deals up with what you call, you know, water system. Without water, children cannot participate in the fields. Of course, you do exercise, you drink water, you take on which was something related to football, sanitation. You can't actually practice in an environment which is dirty. In it come, when it comes to sport, I think he is a coach. He knows it's better. We need a very good place. When it comes to hygiene, I believe each and every person needs to be fit physically, mentally, and you can able to enjoy football. That is how Neras came in and bring the project together to ensure that water and sports moves together. Neither was program, its activity moves together with the sport. That is why they came in. Two, we also benefited from... Yeah, and, yes. and how does it work on the football schools then? Yeah, uh, generally in football schools, uh, the neighbors are still trying to ensure they send for us uh, what you call, uh, you know, uh, uh, dust, uh, dustbin uh, buckets that uh, we're able to ensure that once children first goes for football, they are given awareness by the coaches who attend the training, they move all the environment, they collect all the rubbish, they put in the dustbins. And as we told them, we need about eight dustbins, four in Torit, four in Juba, meaning depends according to the zones. We allocate according to the zones, that each zone should have a bucket. When it comes to football, I mean to water, we have actually uh, barholes within the schools, which these children, once they are training, they need to ensure that the water system needs to be protected. The coaches also give the, 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 the awareness to the communities to ensure that where these children are, they need actually to also enlighten more their parents on uh, kind of hygienic things. Where often when they go to the latrine, when they play football, you go to the latrine, you wash your hands, you come and enjoy your meal. And this is how it was really effectively practiced in Torrid. So in Torrid, we have integrated WASH as a, uh, yes. an awareness on yes. how to use mm-hmm. water and Ex- sports together to good. clean up yep. the area yep. before and after we are coming, mm-hmm. to protect the water po- pumps. And don't, don't, know, don't defecate yeah. you know, near the water source. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and then also hygiene issues. Yep. Uh, what about what about more? Can you tell us about the small business then? Yeah, I can go to uh, a very interesting part. When it comes to uh, financial issue and business, everybody does why everybody turn into attention. Uh, it was really an integrated program to get use involved in self reliance. Uh, the business training, what you call entrepreneur, was conducted by Justin, with uh, a nearest consultant in the business, where 70 coaches were involved, who were trained on uh, business management skills, 
and uh, indeed uh, all of us even me who don't know about business uh, have already a knowledge on how business can work but only that you can able to get the capital that started capital one uh, i don't need to give you money but i only need to tell you where you can able to get money use who has power and energetic goes for laying bricks you put a very big uh, bundle of bricks you burn people buy from you a big whatever you get 30,000 you can start with business 1,000 alone can start with business so this is what uh, Justin taught us when we finished we came to VSLA village saving and loan association and so after this uh, business seminar yes several of your coaches started small businesses right Good. yes some was doing uh, female pets yep uh, some were renting chairs. Yes. What kind of initiatives were there? After the 70 coaches, 30 were, 31 were selected for VSLA group now. VSLA group, which we are buying shares. Within the VSLA, we have about five shares to be bought by each person. By share is 200. So over the 200, when you have five shares, you pay around what? 1,000. So you go, as after six days, you do any small business to ensure that every Saturday you buy a shares. And these shares is actually your money that you are investing in. In the future, you will come unable to get back your money with a little bit of interest that other people who have been loaning money from that group will come up with an interest. So this is the thing that actually brought in use into the business. And in this way, the vision of Niras was very successful. That that we, if we could mobilize young coaches doing good for children and community with our Open Front Football School concept, yep, yep. we could also give vocational training, mm -hmm. but also small business training to some of the youth. Yes. And they could make a little livelihood out yep. of that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, what uh, what came in was like you know, if uh, if one thousand people go for education, I think maybe fifty can graduate, the rest can be a dropout. It can never be like you go from uh, one thousand that is in first year, and then all of the one thousand uh, graduate never. So what was now came in was when we trained seventy people, I think we were able to see that thirty are capable of doing uh, business and the rest now we are saying yeah the rest now we are saying we need to do uh, a different kind of things these people need to bring more different type of skills training that is like carpentry yes. tailoring driving so that each and every person will able to know what he can able to get not that everything through business so that i can able to to to, to have my workshop place I can able to do, you know, re prepare chairs. Others can say like, okay, I can also able to get employment through driving. Others can also say, okay, uh, you know, I can also able to have a small space where I can able to manage. So these were all the ways how NERAS able to get the use through our CCPA program. That is Open Fund Football in School. These coaches were able to involve in NERAS program. Excellent. Yes. And Victoria, if we look after the first year here if you should pinpoint some 
uh, change stories. What impact did the football school do in Juba, if any? I think looking at the social cohesion, uh, when we look at the Juba setting, you see every home has a wall fence or uh, a fence built or out of this bamboo woods or woods, something of that kind. Meaning that every child is within the homestead. You don't go to the neighborhood unless you're being sent. But now given the open fun football schools, the children are able to come all across the homesteads, the wall fences, to play in an open ground together, and they are able to know each other. So, in the like in the midterm now, there are a lot of friendships being created. Even looking at the coaches, when we came for the first coaches training, most of them never knew each other. But as I speak now, they have already built that network as friends, and they are now working. Sometimes even they move from zone to zone. Uh, this weekend, they decide to go and uh, play with the children in the other. Uh, other coaches zone so it's it has built a lot of um, relationships and we say friendships among the coaches and even the children themselves then even going deep into the communities the mothers or the parents they've also now gotten a little bit uh, connected to the parents of the other children simply because as these coaches go collecting or dropping the children uh, during and after the open fun football schools, they go from home to home. So the parents, uh, the parents get to know, hey, this child is from the next home. This is from this side. So it's there's a lot of unity being built. So I think what we have to do next is uh, maybe sometime at some point in time, we should now reach out to the parents now. How has this impacted on them themselves? To find out from their, to find out their view. This because right now we are seeing the direct impact on the children and the youth or the coaches. But we should go deep down to the homes and see how have they, okay, what has happened to their lives after this one year period of the Open Fund Football Schools. Good. And if we then take the next step and say, okay, we are by end of the first year now. What is... Uh, what is your dreams of Open Front Football Schools in South Sudan? What, what could the best future look like? Okay. I think uh, what, I will, what I'm saying is uh, a peaceful coexistence uh, among the communities, or let me say the people. That's one of the greatest things. And then also seeing the unemployed youth being economically independent or financial they have them having financial independence or by not depending on their parents but they're, they're able to do something for themselves and get something for that day or for a living and then also seeing this uh, let me say this uh, the restless street kids turned into something resourceful because these kids we see now are the future resource for this country so if we leave them go into a waste now, we will have a lot of burden in the future because they come back to torment us when they're grown up. So it, this is the best time to tame them into resourceful people. Then I also look at, though this is open fun football schools, we are also hoping to see upcoming footballers, great footballers, because it's through these schools that we'll be able to identify 
some upcoming because even if they're playing different games for fun you can see that this child has the potential for playing a, this specific game so this is the best moment of tapping into those talents and putting them where they are where they fit uh, okay maybe i think on me uh one we have been doing what you call fun to ensure that children are coexist they know each other from each and every tribe my second page now is to ensure that we get what you call the really academies to ensure that once they prosper from there you will actually be known worldwide that it is this program that has brought these children to become the players of the nation south sudan neither most of them will be playing in europe leagues and all this uh, two i also look in the initial way that it is already an open way for the youth to actually earn the living as we have already seen with some projects uh, dealing up with the business kind of the things they are targeting the farmers and the business people who has already capital but it has now entered into coaches whom we have actually uh, put in as the volunteers for open fund football that's why ngos actually can able to help in and it is through ccpa if somebody prosper from that kind of poverty into self-reliance it is going to be our achievement as the ccpa uh, people through the open football uh, school program that we are already engaging in and then i will see that uh, ccp has really done a lot i know uh, one year is a small uh, program which is a piloting and you have really realized by yourself as a director that this thing is working and if it is working why don't we extend we also need to appreciate our uh, funders that is the uefa to ensure you extend your hand keep extending you will see how things will prosper here in south sudan we also eager to wait the, the, the visit as with the helps of uh, our coach and our our father as i can call him that he will impact more reverser to ensure that these people are well equipped and we can do things actually as in your absence as before as we are interacting actually in the in the, you know in the community you saw it yesterday you even you could have been proud you can even fly eh? i believe if the coach was also there he was saying, no, 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 you know, I have no chance even to come here because our fellow young coaches are doing their best. Why should I come? But I think because with your support, uh, things are going on well. So I really encourage and say CCPA program need to extend. We shall work hard to ensure that our children are brought in. I also really say the, through this academy, if we can create a field that belongs to us, the CCPAs, where these children can actually work there every time and then bring actually a small touch grass from uh, from uh, china as we are going to have maybe uh, a serious plan that thing need to be put there otherwise because we need to have uh, ownership in our things and then we see the impact and as i'm actually seeing now that is already impact that we are seeing this is what i can say okay. yeah i think one thing we need to look into is reaching out to the these are uh, internally displaced persons in fact when i first heard about ccpa i thought i looked i said uh this is a misplaced project when i heard about it it's coming to juba and to read okay as an individual i said this is a misplaced project it's open football for fun 
And when we look at these children now, let me say in Juba and Torit, these ones who are at home, they are a little bit, they have a little bit of that privilege to play. But if you go to the internally displaced camps, or even the, the refugee camps, these children have no access to, pl to plays or games. So, and uh, we, uh, we are also facing a situation here in South Sudan where that in January and February, if God will, mm. that we will start to see return from uh, refugee camps in Uganda and uh, yes, Kenya yes. and other places. Yeah, that is what we are hoping too. Yeah. But, okay, what I would say is, okay, yes, the, we, are, we are hoping that they return by January, February. But South Sudanese are not the only refugees in the world, okay? So what we have to do is we should look at tapping into the refugees' children. How do we make these children play? How do we make this reach out to them? Because these are the most affected children who really need this open football for fun schools. One thing that I realize, like when we are in Torrid, we have street children. These street children, these are children of no parents. These are children whom their parents have given, have abandoned, because they are other parents who have abandoned. We have normally children whom they normally call, you know, half cast. They are born, their parents never take their responsibility. So normally these children, when they go for football training, eh, uh, and that's what they used to ask, now that we are here, and our things that they used to do is like, they are, why they are in the street eh, is because they are looking on what they can able to eat. Now that if they cannot able to get anything after this training, what are they going to do? Because they will later disappear from their at six, and then they come back from their training. Now they will not have time to look for food. They were having organizations like uh, UNICEF, who have what they call uh, they have actually uh, they hosted the place for them, what they call a safe place where these children are there. They, 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 when they are from the school, they go to that place. They are hosted. And as I believe if we can also extend such kind of a program, these children, maybe who are uh, orphans and street children, if we can host them through this same same program, we can also able to give them some feeding, they go to school, they go to the open fund. This will be the best program that we shall be achieved. Even here in South Sudan, we shall be getting what? We shall be getting what you call uh, funding. They normally call it child-friendly space. This child-friendly space where children come together, they are hosted, they play, they even have the same funds in that place, and then it's like we have already achieved our target. And even every time NGOs who are even the UN people will really see that we are really focusing on children. Yeah. And <clears throat> when I think back on Bosnia yes. and, the, and the, the whole idea of the Open Front Football Schools, yes. that was because we after the the peace came to bosnia yes we, we europe wanted to push for the whole return repatriation of refugees in western europe yes. to go back to bosnia mm. and uh, what i said is yes of course uh, if they can go back they should go back but there was one thing that was very important uh, or even more important before repatriation and that was the resocialization and I think what we saw in Bosnia was very much also those who returned, they were not always welcome to get, get back. Mm. Uh, they were not always welcome to get back uh, to their native area because where were you? You had the people who stayed behind, who fought, who lived through the war, and they left and were subsidized. 
and therefore there was a lot of, of issues to do to bring the IDPs or the Regionees together with the host community so they could play, so they could put faces on each other, so they could make friendships and network again to, to, to go further. Uh, so therefore I, I, I totally agree and, and what you are saying here is exactly the, the we are, when I am in, in South Sudan I think we are back to the very 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 core of the Open Fund Football Schools, exactly the start and the born from Bosnia when we were there. The other thing, and, and then we, we, we stop, the other thing that strikes me also in this uh, situation, which was also Bosnia. Uh, Bosnia was divided in three entities. You were divided in 32 states, entities. Within the entities, there were, there are uh, uh, regions or uh, obstinates or uh, uh, governments, but I think it's good that we do something in Torit and something in Juba. But if you want to be a state, and we should build South Sudan as a state and contribute to build South Sudan as a state, there are 32 counties all over to uh, South Sudan. And I think this regional approach that when we have, and that has meant a lot to <coughs> us in the Balkans, that when we have coach seminars, we always have people from all countries and entities together. It is a must. And in the beginning, I was against it. I said, no, no, I just have to reconcile Pala and Praca and inside Bosnia. But I actually learned that it was very big effort to us that when we are doing these things this the coaches are coming and they meet people from other regions other areas they have not met before they have a chance to exchange views and perspectives they realize that oh we are out of the same culture we are out of the same country and we are actually also we have a lot of things in common and we are part of something bigger and this of these things has given so many, so much power to open front football schools in the Balkans uh, and also in the North Africa and in the Middle East. Listen, with these words, I would like to thank you very much for, for this talk so far. Now we have, no, Victoria, yes? Yes, one thing is promoting the girls' football. Yeah. Yes, I don't know how it skipped our minds. But we really have to also put that into cross cultures as one of the key things because uh, the women football in South Sudan has never been given much attention for, let me say, a decade. Until this year, it's beginning to start, but I can't say it has taken off. So it still needs a lot of, a lot of support. Yeah. Or oh, a lot of support. Right. So that would be. That would be a plus. That would be a plus for cross cultures. If you're able to really push this spot into up to a certain level, I would say we are now in the. Let me say we have achieved the equality version of the of the association. 
Um, one more last thing, what I want to, I mean, rule case is, we start already in Juba and in Torit. So uh, I knew well, that we are in pilot project, but let us also consider that we have to reach all states, all of South Sudan. And then so that we see a lot of smile and happiness from all the kids. Because partially Torit and Juba mm, somehow is okay, but if we go to other states, there are some miserable thing so we have to change the image and then see a lot of happiness and then give hope to the whole kids in south sudan that's what i want uh, a request from cross cultures and then other partners to help us on this issue also so we have to dream big and then we'll be big also and giving hope to hope to the kids in south sudan Say, if you choose it. 